Doris Davenport is out this week feeling under the weather. She's been trying to get Brandon Johnson on the schedule, but he is busy on the campaign trail and steadily rising in the polls. She thought it would be fun to compare what he was thinking after passing his first piece of legislation as Cook County president with what he's thinking now. And then after that, she'll be joined by Pam Morris. So here's Brandon with Doris back in August 24th, 2019. The following message is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Are you looking to stop using substances or gambling, but you're not sure where to turn? There's help right here in your community at the Way Back In. Visit waybackin.org. Waybackin.org. Good morning and welcome to the Doris Davenport Show. I am your host, Doris Davenport. We've got a new governor. We've got new city council members, and we've got a new mayor. We've also got a new Cook County commissioner that I like to call, used to call him a newbie, but I can't call him a newbie anymore like I like to remind him because he's already passed his first piece of legislation. My guy is back. That is Cook County Commissioner, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. Welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show. Hey, thanks, uh, Doris. It's good to be back on this uh just wonderful Saturday morning. Well, after everything that you just heard, yeah. that sounds like a whole lot of gloom and doom. But I want to ask you this on a personal note. You have an absolutely beautiful family. I always tell you that one of my most treasured pictures in my photo album is one that I took with you, with your wife and your kids. Yeah. I love that picture. How are you guys enjoying the summer? Yeah, it's been good. In fact, um, looking forward to this weekend. We're, we're going to we're going camping. Uh, oh, this Really? Yeah, so the I think it's like three black families in all of Cook County uh, camp on a regular basis, and we're <laughs> one of them. And um, so that's a, a nice little plug for our forest preserves of yeah. Cook County. Uh, we're going to be at uh, Bullfrog. Um, I guess I shouldn't be telling people everybody my business, but well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but we'll have security in detail. Uh, but we're enjoying the summer; it's been great. I was just getting an update from my wife because uh, Ethan is playing in his first soccer game for the fall, and they're up two to one. So go Ethan's team! I don't go know the name of their Ethan's team. team. Just, that's all right. Yeah, that's so, all right. But we're doing good, enjoying the summer. Um, but obviously, looking forward to the school year starting. My wife has all of the school supplies already lined up at the door. Really, it's been there for like. <laughs> like a couple weeks now, so I know she's ready. She's organized, because <laughs> I know she also organizes all of their um, extracurricular activities in That's the summertime. Right. I've That's been right. to their recitals, yeah. and yeah, they're doing great. They are. They enjoy. And so we've had a chance to participate in different camps. So my, my children, mm-hmm. um, Owen's on the violin, Ethan's on the cello, and Brayden. Uh, is playing the viola. We're trying to get her to play the piano too. So it's been good. A lot of lot of lot of good activity. Mm-hmm. Um, today is going to be very busy. Hanging out with constituents throughout the first district. That's yeah, right. Several different activities and events after the show. So, but it's been a good summer though. Thanks well, for I'm asking. glad to hear that. Um, I think with all the doom and gloom that's going on and all the kinds of issues that we're going to be talking about today, it becomes important to really think about what matters, right? All of it matters, of course, but let's not forget about family, folks. My mom was here with my sister, one of my sisters, and two of my nieces. They were here for a week, and I tell you, it was just treasured memories. The entire week was beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, let's get into some of the politics that are going on right here. As I said, we've got a new governor, new city council members, and we've got a new mayor. And uh, the new mayor is coming up on her 100 days, her first 100 days. Next week on the 27th, she's going to be giving her first budget address. A lot of people are speculating on what's going to happen. She's got a city council that she revamped. Uh, she's going. Maybe her first test could be whether or not the teachers union is going to strike. We're going to talk about that. I know you've got a lot of inside knowledge there. 
Uh, she has been um, um, really pulling the reins back on the power of the city council. What do you think about these first 100 days and what do you think we can expect in this budget address? Well, I mean, I think the first 100 days have been, um, I guess, just been mired in sort of mixed, um, I, I guess, uh, uh, signs of um, struggle, yeah. but um, some potential there. Um, I think for the most part, there is um, a great deal of disappointment, particularly for those of us who are on the left, those of us who are progressive um, in you know, her initial uh, start. Um, she's obviously. But she's a progressive, isn't she? It, you know, a lot of people claim that. You know, what what we really need to see is really bold transformational ideas mm-hmm. that come into fruition, and it's something that I, you know, certainly um, did not hesitate, did not stumble or stammer um, in my, you know, introduction into to 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 elected office that people elect you around a certain set of values, mm-hmm. and it's incumbent upon us who are elected to be responsive to those values that people um, rest their hopes in. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about these first 100 days, um, it's very clear that the the new mayor um, is lining up for an an austerity budget. Mm. Um, I think we should begin to anticipate um, a great deal of cut. you know, the, 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 the whole notion around um, the cuts, closures, efficiencies and Mm -hmm. consolidations, which is, um, certainly cloaked in austerity, which austerity budgets are, quite frankly, are just the racist budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, they disproportionately impact black people, brown people, poor people. And, you know, the fact that she has, you know, she ran on um, supporting an elected representative school board. She becomes mayor and says, nah, never mind. So she's backed away from the elected representative school board. Uh, there was a strong uh, coalition of individuals organizing and fighting for affordable housing um, in Chicago. And now there's there's tremendous disappointment there uh, because bad news has been delivered to that coalition that affordability is not going to be at the top of the, pro- the priority uh, and for this mayor. just to get into a little bit more detail, what you're speaking about is uh, this coalition had been, well, it wasn't just the coalition. I mean, it was actually, frankly, part of her platform. Uh, mayor Lori Lightfoot, when she ran for mayor, spoke very bl- boldly about using the tr- real estate transfer tax right. uh, to be able to help the affordable housing initiatives. And she has totally reversed um, her decision on that to the extent that she's gone to the legislature now and she wants them, she's asking them to use that, uh, let her use that real estate transfer tax to plug her uh, budget hole. And that is disappointing to say the least. It's it's very disappointing. Instead of asking and demanding that rich people pay their fair share in taxes, that's Mm -hmm. a progressive, bold idea um, that, that, you know, still rest in her arsenal, if you will, if she so chooses to do that. Um, but yeah, certainly reneging and backpedaling on her campaign promises. Mm-hmm. And now that she's been sworn in um, is very disappointing. Um, the fact that, you know, I know we're going to get into this, but the fact that there isn't a very strong commitment, there's nothing in writing securing social workers, counselors, nurses, small yes. class sizes for our teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that there has been a step in the direction that we've been pushing um, educators in Chicago with the leadership of the Chicago Teachers Union for a school system that every child deserves in Chicago and and, and her retreat from mm-hmm. that 
presentation and ideology is certainly a disappointment to the 25,000 members of the Chicago Teachers Union, but the 400,000 families that rely upon the public schools um, to educate their children. So, me, so I'm going to think about the first 100 days and think about, you know, the fact that, that there is a retreat from, you know, education justice, housing justice, um, this, this effort to, to move an austerity budget the anticipation that those of us who pay attention to this stuff have for cuts and closures and consolidations, efficiencies. These are the same conservative policies that have governed um, in America for far too long, that the hope of seeing a real light shed on individuals who have been um, essentially protected you know, by the previous administration and the one before that, and that's the 1%, the wealthy, um, that suddenly there's a dimming that's happening um, around those folks, but yet somehow um, our vulnerabilities are still being exposed and they're not being addressed. So there's there's tremendous disappointment. No one is under any illusion about the challenges that were inherited, um, but that's why we step up to lead, is to take on those challenges and then to challenge those who have been at the front line for far too long, and that's your wealthy, your 1%, your corporations, basically say, look, you're going to have to wait, that we're going to be responsive to the individuals that put us here. And that's what people expected from her. And that's what she hasn't delivered on this far. I wonder um, uh, how much change we can really expect uh, when you, you we've, we've got the change at the top, yes, on the fifth floor. But if you really look at most of the leadership positions in the middle, and, you know, people say it's it's really that uh, midsection of government that kind of moves things and gets things going. Most of those people are still Emmanuel appointed people or hired people. Right. Her entire negotiating team, essentially, um, that's been negotiating with the Chicago Teachers Union. It's it's Rahm's team, Mm -hmm. uh, the same attorney that worked for the previous administration and the one before that. And so, no, there hasn't been like a real effort to, you know, sort of eradicate the system of individuals um, who... Um, are tethered to administrations that have been responsible for the the largest school closings in the history of America, um, the 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 greatest pushout of Black voters, Black Americans in any other city, right it, across the, the 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 United States, and so there is um, this there is this real just sort of lack of vision mm-hmm. um, that is that is being imagined in this moment. What's interesting, though, Doris, is that in the midst of us fighting for education justice and housing justice um, and the mayor reneging on and those environmental justice and environmental justice mm-hmm. and the mayor reneging on these promises um, that, you know, the deals like Lincoln Yards, Sterling Bay, you know, which is going to cost taxpayers billions of dollars over the course and the life of this deal, um, they were not asked. Uh, to to rethink mm-hmm. or to renegotiate. Yeah. But when it comes to the lives of black children, brown children, poor people, we're always being asked to wait, to tolerate, to accept the conditions in which they've been created um, by generations of of neglect. And when you have the political moment that we're in right now, um, uh, Doris, you have a billionaire governor who, with 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 all of the challenges that we're facing as a state. You have a billionaire governor that is saying out loud that those at the top have to pay their fair share. Um, You have a billionaire governor that basically said, look, if you're in jail, you shouldn't be disenfranchised. You should be able to to vote. 
right? Yeah. You, I mean, you have a governor that has demonstrated um, a great deal of commitment uh, to some of the bold transformational ideas that we've been pushing forward. Um, and here you have someone like the mayor who, you know, comes from very humble beginnings, um, you know, has was raised by the working class. And if black and brown people can't find justice in a mayor who ostensibly relates um, to the experiences that many people have in the city of Chicago, that doesn't leave a whole lot of hope um, for people. And so this is why we have to push her to do right by her campaign promises. And you're hearing from Commissioner Brandon Johnson, my guest, on a monthly basis. I like bringing Brandon in because we can look at these issues from the left, from the right, and from the middle. We're going to get deeper into the politics of what's going on in the city and the county and the state of Illinois when we come back. Stay tuned. This is the Doris Davenport Show. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. And welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show. This is Saturday morning, and we are coming to you live from WCPT 820. The call-in number is 773-763-9278. Laura, I see you. We're going to get to you in just a moment. I've got Commissioner Brandon Johnson in the studio with me from the Cook County Board of Commissioners. Before we went on break, we were talking about the um, issues that are facing the mayor as she comes up on her first 100 days and she's going to be giving her budget address. What I want to ask you, Brandon, before we take Laura's call, is I want to get into uh, the politics of the potential strike by the CTU. It's no secret that every mayor prior to Lori Lightfoot coming in had to deal with the teachers union in one way or another. We've had some formidable leadership there. Uh, Sharkey, who was the vice president, um, hasn't really been tested as yet. So I think a lot of people are going to be looking to see what kind of leadership skills he can muster. But even aside from that, it's no secret that CTU was the largest support base for uh, Cook County President, Madam uh, Tony Preckwinkle, who ran against Lori Lightfoot as mayor. Do you think that many people will be looking at this uh, battle that is definitely brewing between CTU and Mayor Lightfoot as um more of a battle between Preckwinkle and Lightfoot and whether she's influencing them? That's a good question. And, um, you know, I, you know, I understand, you know, Doris, we live in Chicago, right? So everyone, you know, wants to understand sort of the political dynamics of these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the fact of the matter is Lori Lightfoot ran on our platform, mm -hmm. right? So this is, and as many people did, um, she embraced the, 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 the fullness of Quite frankly, what made her candidacy possible? Mm -hmm. um, you do not get um, a Lori Lightfoot without a Karen Lewis and the Chicago Teachers Union. You just mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. um, the Chicago Teachers Union has been extremely forceful in shifting the discourse here in, in Chicago, not just about education, but about housing, about public safety. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important that when you know you have an opportunity to help shift the dynamics politically for children in Chicago who have been um, disinvested in, mm -hmm. you know, over decades now, and particularly black children. Let's not, 
lose sight of that. You know, the fact that she ran on supporting an elected representative school board and then turns around and says, you know what, let's let's not enfranchise mm-hmm. uh, black families um, who had to go on hunger strikes, um, who, um, you know, had to lead massive boycotts um, over the years, decades in this city to just receive access to public accommodations. Mm-hmm. She said she believed in social workers having enough of them. Nurses, yes. counselors, clinicians, I small class sizes. She said she agreed with all of that. Mm-hmm. And so... We're just simply asking her to keep and maintain her promise. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's unreasonable. And so I think that what becomes clearer in this moment is you can tell an awful lot about a person and who they really are when they are in the midst of a a, a battle. And our position hasn't changed Mm -hmm. as educators and as a, a labor organization. I'm leading the education justice fight across this country, that it was the same labor group that pushed the former mayor out. It's the same Chicago Teachers Union that forced people like Cory Booker, who is now running for president, who is now distancing himself from privatization. Um, and so it's, it's that type of bold transformational leadership that's required in this moment because if we're not fighting to secure education and opportunities mm-hmm. for poor children in, in in Chicago, how do how do we explain not investing in their education knowing that one of the great economic drivers for someone's success, particularly black people, is obtaining education. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know, it's 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 fascinating as as I think there was a, a commercial on earlier, I think something that you mentioned earlier. Um, just the number, I think I was reading something earlier, the number mm-hmm. of black women um, who have bachelor's degrees now. It's like yeah. the largest concentration subgroups mm-hmm. um, in the country. And what what the mayor has to get right on mm-hmm. is how do you make sure as a black woman the first black woman elected to be mayor of Chicago. Say it. How do you make sure that the people who have been fighting desperately for decades to secure the basics in public education, social workers, nurses, counselors, small class sizes, things in which she agreed on, Mm -hmm. do everything in your power to ensure that as fast as possible, Mm -hmm. everyone else, your billionaires, your corporations, they expect stuff to happen for them immediately. Mm-hmm. But somehow, black children in particular are being asked to wait. Wait for something that was promised to them mm-hmm. on the campaign trail. Well, listen, let me ask you. So yeah. we've, we've looked at affordable housing, renege. I mean, these are, I'm not being political. This is, this is you know, we're at WCPT 820 where facts matter, right? So we're going to call it like it is. Um renege education um i'm not sure i'm prepared to say renege because they're in the middle of those negotiations so we don't yet know what uh, side the mayor's going to come down on when it comes to keeping her word on the counselors and the class sizes because that's still part of the negotiation is that right yes and she has put nothing in writing no, that's correct there's, there's nothing, nothing in, writing. in writing as of yet but we're going to hold out for that one because the jury's still out um another big one that is an undeniable one, it's one thing to have, a, um, you know, a battle going on with the FOP, but it's a whole nother thing 
uh, to be in support of the traditional practices and procedures of the police department itself. So this whole issue of criminal justice reform, when you talk about all of our underserved communities in Chicago, West Side, South Side, that have been so underserved for so long, so unprotected for so long, so under-resourced, um, feeling unsafe every single day, feeling forced in many communities to have to carry guns when they don't want to carry guns just because they feel like they've got to protect themselves. Just as I asked you about the politics before of CTU, I wonder about what you think the politics are behind our leading newspaper, um, who seems to, it seems that the face of this, of the Chicago Tribune these days is a guy named John Cass. I've never met him. I don't know anything about him, except that I know that every time I read one of his columns, I get goosebumps. And when I, when I, feel the way that I feel when I read John Cass's columns, it reminds me of picking up books that talk about the Jim Crow days and even slavery days and what people, what black people went through during those times. I wonder about who this man really is because I get an eerie feeling that he doesn't like people who look like you and I, that he's not interested in, um, people like you and I being able to access the same things that he's able to access. And it actually disturbs me that he appears to be the face of the Chicago Tribune, which is one of the number one papers in this city, if not the state. Um, This is a man who seems to have taken on um, a battle against criminal justice reform. And the way that he's doing it here of late is to try and attempt to put a three-name label on criminal justice reform. Those three names are Preckwinkle, Fox, and Evans. Uh, Tony Preckwinkle, Cook County President, Kim Fox, our state's attorney, and of course, Judge uh, Timothy Evans. He is attempting to, he's not attempting to, he's targeting them. And he, he is, with his pen and ink, and in the name of the Tribune, doing so, on behalf of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's it's another, you know, it's it's not only disappointing, it's a it's actually a very scary uh, presentation that's coming from the superintendent as well as the mayor's office. And now, of course, um, it's, it's uh, being pushed and propagated through the Tribune, which obviously everybody knows in Chicago, it's a conservative outfit. Um, you know, there's another writer there, Kristen McQuarrie, um, who mm-hmm. basically said Chicago could use and benefit um, from having a Hurricane Katrina. Um, that that becomes she the answer. That? She actually wrote it. Isn't uh, she on the editorial board? She is on the editorial board. And so there's been a lot of just nasty, vicious, vile presentations that have come from th- this particular publication, um, particularly as it relates wow. to um, black mm-hmm. families, poor people in Chicago and Cook County. And, you know, again, another one of those campaign presentations that the mayor made as far as reforming our justice system. And part of that reform really requires a real deep investment in communities that have been set in place at the margins for, again, for generations. 
And the previous administration, Doris, would oftentimes blame black people for the social societal ills. He would say that we're not raising our children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not engaged in our communities, which is false, right? Even if you study black folks, which black folks are the most studied group I think, in the world, um, we are more likely to be engaged in our families, in our communities, our neighbors, neighborhoods, in our children's education, so forth and so on. And so now the the current mayor, instead of taking some ownership and being the type of leader that I believe that many f- folks hoped she would be um, and putting forth an agenda that could address these um, generational ills, um, like the prison industrial complex mm. um, that has made a lot of what um, made a lot of people wealthy and has, you know, really pushed like this very strong white supremacist um, structure through our through our criminal system. And instead of taking that system on, mm-hmm. she has now taken on the line that somehow the reforms where we are essentially depopulating um, the, the county jail, putting investments in health, putting invest- investments also in mental health, mm-hmm. putting investment in um, neighborhood programs that can reduce violence. Instead of investing in jobs, um, her presentation is somehow that the reforms are leading to more violence in Chicago. And it's just wrong. Um, the bail reforms that we've had over the last eight, nine years now, since we've reduced the jail population, um, I believe it's, it's actually less people who are awaiting trial, who've been out on, who are out on bail. There are less individuals repeating a violent, aggressive act than before bail reform. Yeah, and let me just say this also. It's disheartening to look at um, um, Cass, and I believe this was yesterday or the day before, he wrote a a column that uh, he gave two examples. Now, God forbid, nobody, nobody wants to see any kind of a tragedy with anybody that's holding a gun, let alone somebody who's out on bail and, and commits a crime with a gun. You cannot, you cannot denigrate an entire program with two examples because there are numerous other examples of people who are following the law. And the man who got caught uh, with an ankle bracelet in the trunk of his car hooked to something else, that's a good thing that we now know that, right? Because now we know there's a vulnerability in that, just like anything else. Um, you want to be able to work those things out. Uh, but this is problematic. Where does Sheriff Tom Dart come out on all of this? That's a good question. You know, I mean, I think that's something that's that's that we should ask, yeah. you know, the sheriff, because I think in the article, um, I did not get the sense um, that he was praising the type of reforms that have been coming forward. I, I got didn't the get distinct that sense yeah. that he was uh, actually throwing the people who initiated this under the bus. You know, and it, I think the the. the <laughs> What's troubling in all of this is, you know, we again, we have seen just generational disinvestment in communities. You know, the fact that Cook County is, I think, the largest jail in the entire country, um, but it also has the largest health care facility on site. Yes. Including mental health services. Everyone knows, everyone is convinced that the vast majority of individuals who have had contact with the law um, have been failed well before 
they came in contact with the law. And so that's why as Cook County Commissioner, it's why I ran, Doris, because if we're not investing in our people in the front end, that by the time, you know, they become adults, we have allowed systemic racism and structural racism um, to prevent them from from having opportunity. Mm. And that's a reality. And the mayor can do that. The mayor can give opportunity today. Yes. You know, it's something that we have to push the board president as well. And I'm glad that she's being responsive to many of the things that we're putting forward. And that's that's why I was glad to to pass the Just Housing Ordinance Mm -hmm. um, that would give access to housing for individuals that have a background. We eliminated the gang database. Um, we're we're, we're going to pass a, a, a budget that is balanced and fair, but we also need to look for revenue to make health care. Um, we need to expand health care. We need to expand jobs. We need to improve our in- infrastructure to put people to work. You know, there are these great studies out there that talk about, you know, how, you know, black families who receive bachelor's degrees, when they have access to education, how that shifts and pulls them out of yeah. this dark despair of poverty. And, yeah. and and it puts them on the path to more generational wealth. I don't think it's a coincidence, you know, Doris, that because we know the trajectory that we're on as a mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. as education becomes available to us, mm-hmm. that trajectory frightens people. There are more uneducated white folks that have voted for Donald Trump mm-hmm. than, than any other subgroup. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't, if you didn't have a high school, a, a, a college degree, I think Trump received almost 70 percent of white voters who do not have a college degree. Yeah. You know, you're right when you say that, and which is one of the reasons why. And, and we're going to take Laura's call. It's this is one of the reasons why we need to understand our history. We need as adults first and our young people, well, simultaneously, to really go back to start revisiting the riots, not 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 these most recent riots, but the riots of 1918, you know, to really understand who we were as a people back then. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing where we come from and the things that we've done. But it also means, and I, and I pray that our newly elected officials don't fall into the same situation or belief that a lot of, I read a report the other day that we still have nurses and doctors who are practicing every day under the belief that black people can tolerate pain more than anybody else. I believe that some of our elected officials believe that too, that we can tolerate this psychologically and just, you know, from the sense of being able to um, survive against the odds under, um, uh, uh, you know, against many extreme circumstances, we cannot. Um, and we should not have to. Laura, I'd like to hear um, your question or your comment. Laura, we've got Brandon Johnson in the studio, Cook County Commissioner. Hi. Hi. Um, um, Commissioner Brandon Johnson, my name is Dr. Laura Chamberlain. We're on track to having a call, I think, this week before you go off on vacation. Oh, is that right? I'm glad someone keeps up with my schedule. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm hoping that you're, you will because there's been some developments, okay? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I will remind your office, but okay. We've got a couple uh, of minutes. I am, mm-hmm. I'm totally on board the fact that uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, hoodwinked us, okay? There's no question in my mind. She is backpedaling on so many things that she promised. It's not even funny. And I am, first of all, we did, we did have an indication that she might do this. The black youth told us about what happened, you know, in those uh, proceedings for the, um, you know, the violent police violence, right, against the families. They, t- they warned us. So, number one, we need to be listening to each other. 
Okay. They already had experience with Lori Lightfoot and they were telling us, you know, she, she might be lying to you. And then number two, there was an indication. I was for Lori for the first general election, but then I started to watch the Illinois Sunshine Database. The Illinois Sunshine Database, immediately after her first election, the, the corporate money started pouring in. And I did not vote for her for the second election because I watched that money pouring in. I knew that we were being hoodwinked. Okay, so I'm just telling everybody there's a way you can know whether these people are going to be truthful or not. So um, I'm very concerned about this austerity budget. Uh, There's no talk whatsoever about renegotiating all of this debt, these debt deals that Rahm and Bailey have gotten us into. And it's my understanding that we're paying billions of dollars of debt service every year that could be going into our schools and going into our communities. So uh, the fact that she's pulling out an austerity budget is a very bad sign. I am yeah. sorry, Chicago. It's a bad sign. Thank you, Dr. Laura Chamberlain, for calling. And uh, you guys will be hearing from Dr. Laura Chamberlain on a whole nother conversation that I'm inviting her in to talk with me about very soon. But Dr. Laura brings up good points. And I just want to make it clear, this is not a rain down on Mayor Lori Lightfoot Day. Uh, one of the things I love about having Commissioner Brandon Johnson in the studio is because um He's he's the same with everybody. Uh, it, when 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 President Tony Preckwinkle is not doing the right thing and is not looking at the things that um, that that he believes or that I believe or people who are supporting supporting progressive initiatives believe, um, we speak out about those things. If it's Lori Lightfoot, we speak out about those things. It doesn't matter um, if an elected official is not. Um, uh, focusing on the kinds of things that we feel they should be focusing on, we have a right and 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 should use our platforms to speak out um, on those things. And we should demand that. You should demand that of me as well. Oh, and, 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 think, and yes, and I, think, I just want to ask you yeah, real quick, uh, Brandon, is how do you stay on track to push your agenda in the midst of leadership that may or may not be uh, embracing them. It's going to, it's going to come down to like your own personal values. Don't get me wrong. Like I I am tethered to something deeper than an office, Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is just who I am. And I just happen to be the Cook County commissioner now. But I think the real test is going to be like the people who elected and voted for me, how committed are they? to this agenda because I can't do it alone. I mean, yeah. you know, I come from an organizing background. You know, you never go into a fight by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from a family of 10. My brother would never let me fight by myself. <laughs> um, and if, if he did, mm-hmm. he would be standing watching me. If something happened, he would jump in. Um, right. And so like we have to have that same mentality. We have to demand more. These first nine months that I've had an office, we have to demand more from our elected officials. And that includes me. The movement um, plays a big part, um, Doris, in pushing the type of agenda that we want to see move forward. Mm-hmm. Just like it wasn't right to leave President Obama once he was elected, it wasn't right to leave Harold Washington once he was elected. Those, of course, who 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 believe in the potential and the promise of this city, we cannot leave our elected officials alone. And that's Lori, that's your alderman, that's me as your Cook County Commissioner to can, begin to push for the transformational changes that we want to see. Doris, everybody has an agenda. Everybody's we got all an agenda. Do, That's right? right. The realtors have one. The yeah. corporations have yeah, one. Yeah. Every industry has one. Yeah. And so our agenda 
for the people, the working class people of this city, black, brown, white, north side, west side, mm-hmm. northwest side, southeast side. We have an agenda to have safe streets where our kids can play on, good public schools that we can walk our children to, good paying jobs that we, we can retire on, being able to take a decent vacation. Good to have economic opportunities. Good economic in infrastructure that's, that's contracts that are happening. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Economic corridors where we can yes. su- support small businesses. These are the things that we desperately want. So let's make sure that that agenda is front and center. Lori can't keep reneging on promises that she made while she was running for office as mayor. She can't keep doing it. And the people cannot allow that to happen either. Well, let's just hope that when we hear this budget address on the 27th, that um, we will be um, uh, able to say she's doing the right thing. I'd really like to be able to say that. We also have the right to have good talk radio. And I hope you feel that way with the Doris Davenport show. Brandon Johnson's show comes up tomorrow morning at what time? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Sunday mornings. And guess what, folks? The lovely Hal Sparks is in this studio. I don't know where he is. Oh, he's coming around. We need to give a minute to Hal Sparks. So I'm sorry. Whatever we have going on, we got to give a minute to Hal Sparks. He's going to. It's true. I'm just coming in and just saying hi <laughs> just because I can. And yeah. Jazar is listening to you. Oh, hi, Jazar. I wish you were here. I, you know, we'll plan it better next time. I'll make sure that I'm here. You know, we'll have to all go see Steely Dan or something together Ooh. or some craziness. Um, but hi. It's so great to be here. And I love your show. And it's great listening to both of you today. It's fantastic. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about these yes. days. So it's nice. It's all about progress. That's right. You all follow the lovely Hal Sparks. Did he say Healy Stan? Steely Dan. Steely Dan. You don't know Steely Dan? Oh, my Mm. God. What? Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. we've got to educate you. Right. Oh, my God. Maybe I grew when, up on Steely Dan. Okay, maybe when Bone Thugs and Harmony are Some people are so young. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't talk at all. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. I mean, okay, this show's got real good. Yeah. Just oh, that yeah, last minute. Gets, Boy, Hal brings really in the nice heat, doesn't it? Tail end. That's is. how we do it. That's how we lock you in. That's right. That's how we do it. This is Hal Sparks, Doris Davenport, and Brandon Johnson. That's right. You're listening to the Doris Davenport Show, and I think that shows taste and breeding on your part. Nikos, did you get that? I want to hear that promo next week. <laughs> and Mr. Precious is in the house as well. That's right. Folks, we'll see you next week. This is the Doris Davenport Show. You can follow me on at Davenport Talks on Twitter. I see you, Davenport, on Instagram. And we will see you next week. <laughs> the Doris Davenport Show was sponsored by Rayla and Associates PC. And to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management. Substance use or gambling may have caused you to feel like there's no way out. The truth is that there is help for you and your family, and it's closer than you may think. The Way Back In is a nonprofit treatment center for substance use and gambling that helps people in Proviso Township rebuild their lives from the damages of addiction. You can contact Way Back In by visiting waybackin.org or by calling 708-345-8422. That's 708-345-8422. Admissions office is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are experiencing an emergency and need immediate assistance outside of these hours, please contact 911. Way Back In is here to help. Way Back In programming is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission.
Pam Maris Walton is married to Reverend Frank Walton and resides in Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the Doris Davenport <laughs> Show. Hello, my wow. sister. I didn't know when you were going to finish. That was enough. Hi, Doris. <laughs> you <laughs> did it. I wouldn't have to say it if you hadn't done it. <laughs> I am so happy to see you. And I have to tell you, because the last time that I saw you wasn't very long ago, but I have to tell you that every time I will text you, I would start to tear up and you didn't know that. But the reason is because the last couple of times we were together was at the studio with Archbishop Hall. Archbishop Lucius, we were together. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. And within, thank God, within a couple of months Mm -hmm. of COVID, Mm -hmm. he passed away as did several members of his congregation. Right. Yeah, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. A great man, a great man, a great man that is missed in the community and the country at large. And the country at large. Not just Chicago, Mm -hmm. but at large. I loved him. I loved him. I spent at least two days, at least time in two days with him for years. At least that much. That was the Broadcast Ministers Alliance, and it was the live broadcast of the First Church of Love and Faith. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Oh, good I, to see you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. You know what? I Come want on. everybody to know that you are such a woman of faith. I mean, through the years, you have been that inspiration for so many people, Pam, for so many people. And as the good Lord would have it, because he does work in mysterious ways that many times we just don't understand. Yes, he does. But he tested you. He did. He tested you. He did. He did. And you you have written a book. To tell the story of this test. Let me see that book. 57 Days. <laughs> I want you to share with us the inspiration for the book and a bit about your journey. And of course, I want you to read a couple of excerpts. Wow. Doris, thank you. Thank you, first of all, for this opportunity. You didn't have to be so kind to me. And you did it quickly. I did it quickly. You did it. You did it before the uh, Christian Faith Publishing Company put out their their press release. You did it. And I love you for it. Well, it hit on Amazon.com and it hit on Barnes and Noble and iTunes a couple of weeks ago. And I wrote my book, Doris, to tell the story that I lived. Mm-hmm. I lived as of last Tuesday. As of last Tuesday, September the 22nd, was the first day four years ago that I walked out of the University of Chicago Medicine with a new heart. Hallelujah. A new heart. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book, as it says on page six in the introduction, I wrote for persons that know someone or personally have had a medical challenge or a life-threatening situation with their heart. Something took residence into my brain and said, tell your story. Doris, I didn't need 
a stick. Mm -hmm. I didn't need a pacemaker, but a heart, or I was not going to live. Mm -hmm. I needed a heart. That was pretty challenging and hard for me. I no longer had control of my life, but God. I had to put my faith in God, and I wrote about it in this book. Now tell us the whole name of the book, because there's the title, but then you have this, tell us the whole name of the book. Okay, the book is 57 Days. That's the actual title, Doris, and yours is on its way. <laughs> the Wait for a New Heart Sparks a Spiritual Journey of Faith and Love. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I am one of God's miracles. <laughs> That's what I, I am. It. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I am. I'm from 38 meds a day to eight meds a day. And notice I said meds. Mm -hmm. One med is seven pills. Whoa. One med. Really? Another one med, med is two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So four years ago, I was maybe taking about 60 some pills a day. Mm, mm, and mm. that primazone, Lord, how mercy I had. I don't know if you, way back there, you were familiar with the little Debbie oatmeal cakes. Yes. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and the moon pies. Prednisone will make you want some of those. Honey, <laughs> I had cheeks like a moon pie. Okay? <laughs> I was so happy when I came off of that. But I want you to know, if there wasn't for my faith, family, and my belief in God, I would have given up. And on page 52, 51 into page 52 in this book, mm -hmm. I almost let go. Really? Yeah. You know, I can imagine yeah. with a heart transplant, mm -hmm. there were times. Mm -hmm. Now, you must know that when I was in seminary, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the good Lord drew me to hospice mm -hmm. care mm -hmm. uh, and chaplaincy. So I did my chaplaincy internship at the, at the uh, Northwestern University, okay. Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Mm -hmm. And I did my chaplaincy through Advo Advocate. Okay. And... That's beautiful. You see a lot of what people go through when they are either very terminally ill mm -hmm. or if they go through medical challenges like you went through. Mm -hmm. Tell and me you know, about... Hmm? Oh, I want to tell you why I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. Tell me. It's in the book. Doris, it was hard for me to accept what happened to me. I caught a virus. Don't know where, don't know how it happened. I've never, I became short of breath. And it was, let, let, let me just, can I, can I tell you the first verse? Can Please. I do it quickly? Yes. The first verse in chapter one, a day I will never forget. Mm -hmm. In February, 2016, I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. The only thing I was thinking about was, what does this mean? I don't know anything about that. I've never been there. It's my elder son, John's 45th birthday. Mm -hmm. Kenneth is my youngest. I got the surprise of my life. I was sitting in the emergency room at Elmhurst Hospital. I was short of breath. And a lady named Barbara, I believe, called for a wheelchair. And I was thinking to myself, a wheelchair? 
Certainly mm -hmm. not for me. I can walk. Someone isn't going to push me around in a wheelchair. I can walk. The tables turned on me and the journey wasn't easy. Some dark, uncertain, blink days. This is how my story unfolds. And it's in the book. That is absolutely beautiful. Pam, I remember days when I knew what you were going through, but you were on that radio. You were at that mic. <laughs> days when I knew you wouldn't feeling good because I could tell, you know, when you listen to somebody, you don't have to see somebody all the time. But see, Pam, I saw I was with you so much you because of our Sundays together. Mm -hmm. And you I heard. knew those days when you weren't feeling well. And you could tell even when your, your, your husband was by your side because he knew he needed to be there. Mm -hmm. He knew it. What a blessing. And he was there every day, every day, 57 days. And in the book, I must admit, uh, I, I didn't like the hospital food too well. We, the hospital <laughs> food didn't, we didn't get along. And I, didn't like, and I didn't like the smock that ties in the back. I read oh, yeah. you about that. Mm -hmm. So I had my husband to bring me a wardrobe from the house. <laughs> you, and you know what, Pam? I know you did. I did? I believe you did. And there's pictures in the book. Now, they're all pictures taken with an <laughs> iPhone. But honey, I wore my own clothes. And the smock was not allowed in the room except for procedures. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Everybody on the floor, Doris, was in the same outfit. I know, and you we were just in that. another room, girl. After my own heart, because if I have to be in the hospital for days on end, somebody's bringing me a wardrobe too. <laughs> Seven days. You know what that means? Four days in July, the entire month of August. Mm -hmm. I never stepped into the world that I can enjoy now. Wow. And twenty-two days in September. Mm. Now that's saying a lot. Think about that. Just think about that. I was a few days short of two months mm -hmm. and my life was cut off from what I am accustomed to and mm -hmm. used to. I couldn't go to the store. I couldn't shop. I couldn't cook. I couldn't mm -hmm. do anything. So quarantining for COVID was a piece of cake for you. 14 days. Piece <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, how do you feel, Pam? A lot of people talk about transplants and they give you a new lease on life in many mm -hmm. ways, more ways than just simply life itself. Have mm -hmm. you experienced that? I have experienced the time of my life to be given by God another chance at life. Mm. What are you going to do differently? I am going to not take life as serious as I have in the past. I'm going to be stressless. Mm -hmm. I am going to continue to eat healthy, but eat more healthier. Mm -hmm. In other words, I can't eat grapefruits. I mm -hmm. can't have grapefruit juice, which I love. I can't mm -hmm. eat pomegranates. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, fish and fowl, nuts, all of that is good. And then of course, having this heart of Mario's, I took on his eating habits. Really? Yes. And what were Mario's eating habits? Pray tell. I love cheeseburgers, but really? I never loved them the way I love them now. Cheeseburgers, what? fresh fruit, and cereal. I will eat cereal for dinner. Wow, I, I know somebody before. who eats cereal like that. <laughs> yes, well, after, after talking to Emma and meeting with Emma, we're in touch with each other. Oh, by the way, he saved six lives. I got the heart. <sighs> 
Really? And that's from being an organ donor? Yes. Becoming Mm. an organ donor. And Lord, if I don't thank God for the gift of hope and Jack Lynch. Mm. Yes, for passing that Oh, my God. I think he might have been watching for me, okay? Now, in the book, I will tell you about the false alarm. And there Mm. wasn't just one, but one is the only one I wrote about. Really? Read us another excerpt, one of your favorites. One of my favorites? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to 52. Okay, I'm going to page 52. All Mm -hmm. right, and on page 52, I'll start with page 51. Okay, okay. What Mm -hmm. happened was, then later Frank, also Daphne, my helper, experienced some moments that had me in tears. Mm -hmm. I screamed. I yelled so loud that my voice had to be heard down the hospital halls. I saw a side of me I had never seen before coming out of me. Mm. It was awful. What happened was when you are given a needle, when they put the IV in your arm, it changes every three days. The left arm is the best arm since the daily blood draw is usually done from the right arm. I had over 100 needles. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Where my rolling veins kept, that, kept rolling that Sunday, late evening. So every time I was stuck by the nurse practitioner, Jason, mm-hmm. who called the, who's called the best nurse on the floor to give you the needle. The nurse could give it in my arm with no problem. Mm-hmm. He began with the ultrasound that showed the vein's position and movement. Then he proceeded. First try, no luck. Mm-hmm. The second try, no luck. Mm-hmm. I cried some more. It was so painful. The third try, I hollered, I screamed, and I kept crying. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. I hollered loud, stop it. Stop it now. The Mm. screaming. I stopped. It wasn't a good moment for anyone to experience or even speak of. He then stopped trying. He gave up. Mm. That Sunday on August the 14th, around 6 p.m. That's before the heart came now. Heart came on the 25th. All right. All right. Yeah, I was in the hospital. Twenty. I got a heart in 27 days. That's in the book. Mm-hmm. All right. I called. Qu- I, I called it quits. I couldn't take the excruciating pain. You mm-hmm. don't hurt Pam. Mm. I had reached my breaking point. I had had enough. And then it goes on to tell you what Frank did. But you'll have to read it in the book. you you have to read it in the book what frank did because what he did mm -hmm. wow wow. really yeah wow well then you have to make me a promise pam Mm -hmm. we wanted to do this half an hour segment because i wanted to be the first one to let the world know here in chicago that the book is coming out with the book his hit barnes and noble it's mm-hmm. hit Amazon, mm-hmm. and it goes out on wide release when? Next week, right? It, it's supposed to be next or, week. That's in iTunes. iTunes also, all Apple products. Keep it up there so people okay. can see that. Okay, all Apple. Let me put my little, where I had my, uh, what's name in it? Okay, all Apple products. Uh-huh. Um, let me see. I'm trying to get the best view of it. Yeah, okay, that's, that's it. Better. I think that's better. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, it will be digital. Uh-huh. 
Oh, it good. Is, yeah, and, and, and I need to tell you this. I know that it's almost time. It's time for you to go. But uh, I went to the library and looked up three, prayed and fast, and looked mm -hmm. up three companies. I wrote them all. They had all of the things you have to do to, to submit a book, uh -huh. a manuscript. I said, no, I'm not. Mm -mm. Then I prayed some more. And then mm -hmm. I wrote each one of them and gave them the entire manuscript and said, <laughs> read the first paragraph and you will want my story. Oh, my goodness. And we heard from all three and chose Christian Faith Publishing. Really? Yes. Well, that is a blessing for yes. sure. Yeah. Oh, chose my. Christian Faith Publishing. Mm -hmm. That's them right there. I am so proud of you, Pam. <laughs> Just so proud of you, really. I mean, you have just done it. You, you had that vision. It was in you to do it. And you didn't waste any time. You got it done. And I just thank you for being such an inspiration to me for so many years. I just love you. I love your spirit. Um, you know, you're one of those people that it doesn't matter what's going on. If I see you and you see me, there's an eye contact there. And I feel the love. It's real. I it's have to interrupt real. you and tell you I'm from West Virginia, up on the hill, Red's Hill, where T.D. Uh, Jakes used to preach in my aunt's church. And Bobby Walmack used to sing. Really? Yes, ma'am. And, and I want you to know that the way I am now is the way I always am. It's yeah, not yeah. a fake. Mm -hmm. You've heard of fake, I'm sure. You've heard of fake news. This is real. <laughs> this is real, Okay. All I do is wake up and drink peppermint tea or a smoothie. Well, you know, one of the reasons I this love is you is me. we have so much in common. We have the same, we share the same favorite food, salmon. Oh, we yeah. share the oh, same favorite time of year, Christmas. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. You spent time in Charleston. I have family in Charleston. Uh, I could go down the list of I was born in Charleston, West Virginia. Right. That, that, we, that we have a lot in common that we share. It's amazing. I love you. I love Pam you so Morris much. Walton, I want to thank you for being on the program. And please promise me that when the book is out and the publicity packets are ready, that you will come back and we'll spend an hour together. Lana will make sure that happens. Thank she you. She is my media strategy, strategist director, and she will make sure that happens. Thank you for this time. You didn't have to be kind to me like this. Oh, but yes, I, I did. you to know. Thank you. From the depths of my heart, I mean, thank you. And get, uh, for our viewers, I want you to go to Amazon.com and get 57 days. It's not about the money, you all. It's about the message. Mm -hmm. It's the message, okay? Because I just about give away everything I get. <laughs> I do. I give the clothes off of my back. I was there getting a needle, getting done at the hospital, and the lady liked my jacket. And I said, you can have it. <laughs> and just so happens I had a sweater one under and I gave her my jacket. She you said, yes, teacher. <laughs> That's not the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. Well, listen, my guests for you. the next segment are in the okay. waiting room and okay. I will talk with you real soon. Tell your son, my, my former tennis instructor, yes. that I said thank you to him as well. You did I well know. with that boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love Thank you. you. And, and we'll God bless you. Soon. All right. And God bless the Doris Davenport show. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much. I'll Bye. see you next Sunday. 